All right. Well, I thought the Bet Bash bonus series was in the books, but we're back with an encore today. Here to take it out on another high note, pro bettors Rob Pizzola and Julian Packer from Betstamp. Guys, welcome to Props and Hops. Thanks for having us. Yep, happy to be here. Well, I know, Rob, we had you on in episode 43 back in May, so people can catch that interview and the podcast feed if they want to. This conversation is going to be a bit quicker, and we'll keep it in line with recent interviews from BetBash. Speaking of the event, to kick it off, guys, I know that you shared some BetBash highlights, Rob, in a recent episode of Circles Off, and I'd encourage people to listen to that to hear what you and Johnny took away from the event in terms of the highlights of being there for BetBash itself, but to, I guess, advance rather than repeat too much of that conversation, both Rob and Julian, I would love it if you could speak to some of the takeaways, even moving on from the event. I know Johnny was busy with the affiliate links. You had the team there and listing some betters to track their plays. So what do you guys take away from the whole bet bash experience moving forward? For me, I just, um, I enjoy whenever a community of betters can come together and we share a common interest and we're able to talk about different things, whether that's actually betting or just personal lives and things of that nature. And uh, I've always been a huge fan of these networking events. I'd love to see more of them happen in the future because uh, you just get to put a face to the names that you deal with on a daily basis on on Twitter or other social mediums that go by aliases. You don't exactly know who they are. And um, I, I like that personal interaction. And because of what's happened with COVID over the last year and a half, we just haven't got a whole lot of that. So um, for me, I, I really enjoyed the event, loved meeting a bunch of new people um, and being able to just talk betting again. So uh, for me, my biggest takeaway was more networking events. I do love these just in general, um, but um, I'm really looking forward to Bet Bash 2, which is happening uh, Final Four weekend at Circa Sports in, in Las Vegas. I'm very excited for that. I mean, Bet Bash was pretty cool. Uh, it was good to see some of the guys that kind of we've seen a bunch of times, uh, haven't seen them for a while due to COVID, and then meet a whole bunch of new faces. One thing that was pretty cool, you know, we went to Sloan back in, you know, March of last year. That'd be kind of the last time we were telling all these same people about Betstamp at that time. Uh, a lot smaller at that time. We were kind of just getting started. Now getting to see, like, we have some recognition in the industry. There's people that were kind of coming up to us. Hey, like you, you, you're one of the guys from BetStamp. Like, love the app. You know, I love the utility. Uh, you know, providing feedback or kind of just telling me what they use it for. Like, we had our whole team out there. Or, well, not our whole team, but we had a team out there. Five people were all wearing BetStamp shirts. So um, it felt like we split up basically most of the night and all talked to different people. But I've talked to several people that were like, "Oh, I was talking to you know." one of the other guys from Betstamp and um, I don't know it, it was cool getting that recognition for the app yeah I thought that was really cool the shirts were a good touch so it was really clear that you guys were there as a team and speaking of Betstamp I'd love to touch on the latest happenings with Betstamp I've seen lately an increased presence across social media and I know that recently you guys ran an app update I probably wasn't the only one to face some temporary panic trying to get my bets verified while the app was down <laughs> but if you could uh, Julian walk us through some of the improvements plus what's in store for bet stamp moving forward as maybe a value proposition for betters getting the ball rolling with the NFL season yeah I mean we made a bunch of improvements speed would be drastically bigger now we had a couple major new things one is that you know you now have the ability to post anything public uh, but we maintain our verified uh, record. So if you want to come on the app late, but you want to show your NFL season from, you know, your preseason so far, 
you can go ahead and put that on. We can't verify for you, but at least you get to you know, show your followers. This wasn't like your first bet you ever placed. So that's really good for guys who haven't started using the app yet. And then, I mean, we, we set ourselves up for two exciting new things. One would be adding in soccer and additional sports. It's a little different because it's a three-way market. You know, same with golf with kind of the way it's set up as like mainly a futures market. And then the other thing is the bet sync. So we're going to have the ability to sync with a bunch of different sports books. And, uh, you know, you can directly get the bets from there right into Betstamp without you having to actually track that. So you get to manage it all in one spot. Awesome. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see what happens moving forward. It seems like you guys have just made so much progress uh, these past few months. And one piece of, I guess, the Betstamp app empire, as I like to think of it, would be the Circles Off podcast. Uh, when we were meeting up uh, in person in Jersey City, I know there was some joke about, you know, stealing each other's guests. And it looks like that might become a reality, Rob, with uh, Sports Cheetah lined up for your next episode and quite possibly two-time Props and Hops guest, The Hitman, uh, maybe in the fold pretty soon here. But I, I think that's great. I mean, you guys have had such good interviews, and I think we can have different conversations with similar people and bring out some insight um, across our two shows. Really what I'd like to get to as far as it pertains to Circles Off would be any plan you guys have with the NFL season coming up. I know you launched, I believe, on Super Sunday. I caught your first episode. So now with a full season about to kick off, what's the outlook for Circles Off? Yeah, Circles Off. I mean, when we first talked about doing Circles Off as a podcast, we kind of wanted to find this niche in the industry, which I kind of think that we found right now, which kind of blends the sharp and square side of things into one and appeals to a mass audience. And uh, we wanted to make make it more of a strategy type of a podcast, more so than, uh, you know, uh, pick centric. And these are my picks for the NFL this week and this and that. So uh, what we've done is we kind of came up with a list before we started circles of uh, circles off of these are the types of pieces we want to touch on. These are the types of strategy things we want to touch on. These are some of the guests we want to have on. And we've sort of kind of devolved into or evolved, I should say, into um, now we're taking a lot of listener requests of this is a topic I'd like to see covered on the show and we find a way to work that in. So for NFL season, it's going to be a lot more of that. I don't think people can expect to tune in on a weekly basis and get me and Johnny giving out picks on the NFL season. That's just not something we're going to do. We don't pride ourselves on doing that. We don't want to do that. It's going to be more so of how should I play NFL teasers? What are some maybe outside of the box strategies that I can use to beat NFL if I know nothing about the sport? Um, maybe potentially something on how to be player props in the NFL. So we have topics lined up throughout the season. We'll continue going through those and we are going to continue bringing on guests as well, because uh, we like to do, I like to interview people. I like to get their stories, where they came from, how they developed an edge in sports betting. And uh, I think we will eventually move in towards um, let's say some more not high profile people. Um, I think right now out of the gate, obviously you're trying to grow the podcast a little bit and, and getting some high profile people just in general. But one of my favorite episodes is the one we did with Abnormally Distributed, who is a, a Twitter personality who's never really been interviewed before. And we got a ton of praise for that one because people love the story and they love the interview altogether. So I think you'll see more of that during NFL season as well, where uh, we kind of take that route and get some guys on that maybe people haven't heard of heard from before. Yeah, I love that perspective because it's great. I mean, and sometimes you guys have big names on and people could still learn something that they haven't heard yet, even if they've heard that person on a bunch of other podcasts. But bringing new perspectives to the table can just really open a lot of eyes. And something else you touched on when giving that answer was, you know, getting ready for the NFL season. I know you guys won't be giving out picks, 
But on this past Circles Off episode, Rob, you did talk about teasers and kind of playing them outside the box in terms of how a lot of betters think of playing teasers with that classic Wong model in the NFL. So I'd like to do maybe just a a really brief top line NFL preview here, considering any angles you guys are monitoring or maybe your approach as we stand uh, less than a week from the season kicking off as we record this. And Rob, I guess to follow up on what you mentioned with teasers uh, on Circles Off most recently, is there anything creatively that you've done to actually put that into practice or anything you have a specific eye on playing some teasers this season, not necessarily following that long model of NFL games only, only crossing through three and seven? Right. So for those that don't know, the Wong teaser strategy is is like Matt just said, you, you want to maximize the key numbers of three and seven in the NFL. So you want to tease favorites of that are above seven and a half between that seven and a half and nine and a half number down and underdogs that are uh, plus half to, to plus two and a half up. And that's just been common practice for a lot of sharp people for a long time. And it's one of it's a winning strategy in the NFL. Granted, it's not going to return you like a crazy amount of ROI anymore. A lot of books prevent that from happening. Um, But that's just one way to beat it. The problem is that what ends up happening is everybody kind of conforms to this model of, okay, this is how I'm going to beat teasers in the NFL, which is fine. Um, And one of the strategies of the Wong teaser is to wait until last minute to place your bet, because by that point, the market is efficient. You, you have all the information needed to make an efficient number on the game. So let's wait. Well, that's great. But if you're a better that's consistently beating the closing line in general, you end up costing yourself a couple points here or there by waiting till last minute. Now, there's pros and cons, obviously. And, and the point I was trying to get across in that um, Circles Off podcast was as a better, you got to think outside the box and just not conform. There's no absolutes in sports betting. You must do this. You shouldn't like absolutely never do that. And I think that's kind of how I approach the NFL season just in general all around is I'm always looking for different ways to gain an advantage. And I think that's just good advice for someone in general. Don't conform to absolutely. You should never be doing this or absolutely. You need to do this to be a winning better. You can kind of develop your own process that works for you. And and that tends to work. So um, that's kind of what I'm getting at in terms of general strategies for NFL season. For me, I mean, you got to be on the ball in, in terms of news and being quick to market. I think that's just a no brainer nowadays in general. So that's something that I'll be very cognizant of this year. Whereas in previous years, I may have been able to wait a little bit longer to capitalize on some news information that just doesn't happen anymore. And I'll be more inclined to fire heavily earlier on in the year. Um, I think I'm someone who's embraced uncertainty over time, whereas maybe four or five years ago, I didn't really love to embrace uncertainty. I wanted to wait until later in the year when I had more data to play with and run my models off of. But everybody in the market is going to have that data in week six and eight and 10. And it's very hard to gain an advantage later in the year when everybody's looking at the same stuff. So for me, I'm actually much more interested in being uh, high volume earlier on in the year as I was last year. Um, and hopefully getting a good start to the NFL season as I believe that I can potentially uh, make a better price on these games earlier than the year than others in market. Yeah, I like that answer because especially last season, um, you know, played through the pandemic, uncertainty was the name of the game. And I just feel like that was the ultimate crash course in learning how to embrace the uncertainty and randomness that comes with betting on sports. So Julian, I'd love to hear if you have any other thoughts for your own approach where we stand right now with NFL season just around the corner. Yeah. So I I bet a lot more props than Rob does, but I mean, some of the points are basically the same. The two ones that I was going to mention, he actually touched on both of those is 
Uh, at the start of the season, you're using a lot of last year's data to come up with things. Whereas like about eight weeks in, six, eight weeks in, you're almost not using last year's data at all uh, because of how much things change year to year. Uh, new teams, new offensive linemen, you know, it's a completely different thing. You almost, so in that first six weeks, I tend to have like a bigger edge, it seems, because um, I guess it's just about how you could take last year's data and make adjustments. Whereas after that, everyone's playing with that same set of data. Um, everyone's, you know, knows what they're doing with that. And then, I mean, the biggest thing for props is like Rob said, just the news aspect related to it. So it's heavily based on usage. So if you hear that a coach says he's going to split running back snaps and you go and take a look at the odds and you see that, you know, one guy's at 60 and the other guy's at 30, like maybe you want to bet over on one and under on the other. Uh, just that kind of usage. And a lot of that comes out Sunday morning. You'll hear, oh, coach said such and such Sunday morning or coach said he's planning on benching certain player Sunday morning, that kind of stuff, especially early in the season where um, everyone seems to think they know what the coach is going to do. And the coach seems to tell everyone one thing and then he does another. So picking up on that stuff early on in the year is, is definitely an edge. And ju just from the player props perspective, if just a, a tip to add to that, but a lot of times there's the ability to capitalize on player props because the market will typically react on the, the game's side in total, right? Um, like for example, if Julio Jones is out, you're going to see a, a bunch of money come crashing into the side and total of that game. Potentially the game's going to be, be even taken off the board, but the player props market is not as quick to react. So if you see that type of information, you can jump on board pretty quickly, play the other wide receivers on the team over the total things of that nature, potentially want to play the quarterback under however you think that's going to impact the game. But that's just something that generally I've noticed over the last couple of years is <laughs> It's a it's a race to get that information quickly on the big market because obviously somebody wants to get a lot of money down, but these smaller prop markets uh, might go unnoticed for you know five or ten minutes longer, and you can potentially gain a pretty big advantage there. Yeah, it used to be a couple of hours, Rob, or or more. Uh, five or ten minutes is maybe yeah the max that you're looking at. So if you if you hear something like that, you're not going to be like going and hitting pinnacle to that the other side of that Atlanta Falcons game, but you can go to some of the other books a little slower to copy and hit those prop markets. Yeah. That reminds me of a few years ago. Now it was when Teddy Bridgewater had his really gruesome injury with the Vikings and a, a lot of numbers came off the board right away. But one of my books, I, I think it, it had been hours at that point where I felt justified enough to, to not, you know, try to limit them and, and get myself in a bad spot in the eyes of the book, but to take advantage of it. And ironically, Minnesota came, damn near covering its regular season win number anyway. Uh, luckily, the number I got, I think the hook saved me. So um, it's always a, a delicate dance. But yeah, that was a few years ago. And there were hours to work with that information. And welcome to 2021 when five or 10 minutes feels like a luxury. Yes, uh, I actually remember that clearly depends on what offshore you bet at at the time, because there's no regulated markets, but you could have either won or lost, I believe, based off of what the number was available. But that was the the last time I bet at a prominent offshore because of um, trying to take advantage of that situation where I kept betting the Vikings win total under repeatedly over and over and over. And uh, uh, rest in peace, Tony, for those who know what I'm talking about. But we had a pretty interesting conversation about that. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate the insight you guys have brought to the table here for the NFL these past, uh, what, I don't know, five or seven minutes. That's about as dense of a, of, you know, just awesome information as you'll find when it comes to teasers, sides and totals, props, uh, especially the name of this podcast. I love bringing that into play as well. Um, so thank you both for that. I think we can 
um, start to near the home stretch here with some quick hitters. And to kick that off, I would love to touch on gambling Twitter for a moment. Um, I would love it if either of you could share maybe one or two Twitter follows you'd recommend. And ideally to frame this, uh, the value for listeners, I think, would be if there are any people who you have little to no relationship with, but you find value from them and, and maybe some some of the lesser known people out there who quite possibly deserve some more attention in the space. Uh, for me, I can think of one off the top of my head, and it would be uh, his name is Jim Viviano, and that's what he goes by as his Twitter profile. And he doesn't post a whole lot on Twitter, but the reason I'm going to recommend him as a follow um, if anyone ever wants to pick his brain is he started chatting with me uh, through Twitter DMs maybe three or four years ago. And this is a guy that went from, at that time, a complete novice sports better, not understanding really anything about the space and really trying to learn uh, to someone now who is what I would call a semi-professional sports better, makes a very decent amount of money on it on a yearly basis. And I think he's one of the examples of someone who put in the work and someone that I would call a friend now as well, that just figured out how to ask the right questions, had that desire to learn, that appetite to learn, rather than everything being handed to him for free type of thing. It's very refreshing for someone to say, you know, how can I go about learning strategies of sports betting rather than someone messaging on a weekly basis saying, who do you like in this game? Uh, can you give me picks on this game? So for those um, who don't know much about sports betting, would like to at some point be, get to the the point where they're making some decent money off of him. I think he's a perfect example. Uh, so at Jim Viviano, uh, J-I-M-V-I-V-I-A-N-O, um, I think that just someone like that, um, it's worth recognizing people like that in the space. Yeah, I love that answer because I think Jim recently said when I released an episode that Props and Hops was his second favorite podcast. And of course, he gave the nod to Circles Off. So we had a fun back and forth there on Twitter, all in good fun. I'm just, you know, very happy to be, you know, considered in anywhere in the same vein as uh, what you guys are doing with Circles Off. So yeah, nice shout out to Jim. And it's been fun uh, seeing just some of the engagement with him recently. Uh, I, I love that concept of somebody who started out not too long ago without a huge base of knowledge, but has really, through a nice focus on the process, elevated to a pretty high level. So yeah, good call, Rob. And then Julian, if there's anybody you recommend, I, I want to make sure we work that in as well. Yeah, not off the top of my head. Um, so I mean, I could just quickly explain how I got my own set of followers. And as, you, as soon as you follow one or two of the guys in the industry, pay attention to some of the people that reply to them and do the back and forth. And anyone who seems to say anything somewhat, you know, intelligent related to betting. Uh, and then you kind of follow that guy. I feel like now I have like, I follow most of the people from gambling Twitter and I don't want to like single anyone out. I, I enjoy who I, you know, the people I follow. I don't think it's anything surprising. Spanky, Rob, you know, um, Joey Kanish, um, you know, like a bunch of, bunch of the guys. If you just take any look down, I mean, go take a look at my own followers. You could probably follow half those guys. They're either they're either sports betting guys or NFT guys at this point. <laughs> yeah, love it. Love the insight into how you built your following too. Sometimes that level of engagement can go a really long way and really um, help somebody even like, like Rob mentioned with Jim, maybe that can help you connect with the right people to hone in on a sharper process to grow your ROI in the long term moving forward. Um, so one more question for you guys, moving from gambling Twitter to what I will call here the circles off memorial question. And that's because if you've listened to any of the previous episodes from the bet bash bonus series, I've been doing 
everyone has expressed a lot of love for Circles Off, and rightfully so. But at this point, I think it's safe to say we get it. It's established. Uh, Circles Off is killing it. But we're looking for something else on the podcast side of things that could add value for listeners. So do you have any favorite sports betting podcasts that maybe same as the last question, aren't already known to be super popular in the space, but perhaps a diamond in the rough. I'm personally going to, uh, it's my personal brand and the Betstamp brand to be as honest and transparent as much as possible. I am not a podcast person in general. I don't consume content in that way. Part of the reason why I don't personally, as a professional better, like to consume other content is I feel that oftentimes it gets me uh, thinking way too much about certain things where I already have a refined process that works for me. And I don't really want to stray from that a whole lot. So oftentimes when I'm consuming other information, it becomes very overwhelming for me, or I start to think, hmm, maybe somebody else is doing something that I am not doing. And it, it, it sends me into this negative spiral type of thing. Now that's not to say I'm not looking for continuous improvement. I am. I just typically do that in the off season. What I will say is whatever you think of Todd Furman and Payne Insider, uh, whether you think that they're sleazy or not, that's the one podcast where I feel like I'm getting the most information for football just in general. I don't necessarily think a lot of it's actionable. I really don't care about the picks that they give off, but you can tell that the level of preparation for that podcast in general for football is a ton. And there's a lot that I actually learn from that and gain from that um, in terms of the actual content itself, that it gets me thinking in ways that... Um, yeah, I, I guess are just a little bit thought provoking and it doesn't feel like there's somebody else on the market that is just going to obliterate me in this market either. So I think they do a decent enough job with the information that they provide. It's a very big pro podcast. I think it's called Bet the Board. I'm trying to remember what mm -hmm. it's called exactly. It's pretty large. I know there's a lot of huge following already and a lot of people probably already listen to it. Um, but to me, that's just like the one every week that I'll kind of have often in the background because I feel that you know, personally, I'm doing a lot of media myself. There's something that I will pick up in that podcast that is worth sharing at another point. So th that would be my recommendation, even though it's already huge in the space. Yeah, I think one high level takeaway from what you said would be that a lot of podcasts out there, popular and, and maybe just up and coming, focus a lot on picks throughout the season. And sometimes they're really good and, and they could be actionable. A lot of times they're not. But even if a show is centered around giving out picks, if you don't bet those for yourself, but you find information that you can apply in your own way, there's a lot of value to be had just in that sense alone. So I really like that perspective. And Julian, I wanted to see if you had any podcasts that you would recommend. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to mention Circles Off or Props and Hops because that might be a bit biased <laughs> given uh, the other two guests here. But I mean, the Love two it. podcasts that I like to, to listen to, Business of Betting by Jake. Uh, so if you're listening, Jake, feel free to start that up again. I know it's been a little while. I uh, talked with Jake at that bash. Uh, it's kind of unclear if he's going to keep going with some of those episodes. But he and the other one would be Be Better Betters with uh, with Spanky. Both those reasons, uh, both those podcasts, because those guys bring on very unique guests, um, people that a lot of the times I haven't heard of, uh, with you know interesting stories or um, you know just something that's a little bit different in the space to listen to. Um, I mean, like Rob, I, I don't really care for the, the picks content type thing. Uh, I do like hearing the insights of kind of how those guys got up and started, you know, some of the things they used to have edges on and the way they think more so than, you know, um, it, here's why I think the Packers are a decent future bet type podcast. Right. 
I've listened to those in like a one-off uh, type of thing. Um, but like, again, I'm not a podcast person. It's not the way I, I like. I listen to a lot of music over the course of the week whenever I'm working or stuff like that instead of podcasts. But I do like the interview styles of both Jake and Spanky just in general. Uh, and I do like the uniqueness of the guests. So I think those are actually really good recommendations as well. And for me on a personal level, I'm much more likely to consume that type of content. Um, which I guess is sort of evergreen, these types of interviews, rather than here's a weekly NFL preview. And I'm not saying that that's not um, worthwhile for other people in general, because to each their own, right? Obviously, everybody has their own preferences on what they're going to listen to. But for me, uh, I do, I, I find some of those interviews to be fascinating, really. And it's kind of what led us down the path of doing interviews on Circles Off, because uh, we've heard so many good ones on other shows in the past as well. Nice. Well, well said. I, I can't uh, go against any of the podcasts that you guys have mentioned. And I was fortunate to have dinner with Jake the night before Bet Bash as well as seeing him there. So we've got a little bit of follow up going and I'll see what I can do to uh, maybe nudge him in the direction as well of getting the business of betting pod back up and running because that's a great one. Oh, it's um, so good. One yep, more nice. question for you guys, moving on from the sports side of things, quickly weaving in the other pillar of this podcast. And of course, that would be the hops. It was great to enjoy a nice, easy drinking lager with you guys to pair with some tacos at our dinner before Bet Bash. Uh, and then Julian on the other end of the spectrum, I think we enjoyed, uh, it might have been Buffalo Trace at the after party downstairs at the Ashford. So that's about as far as we can get away from an easy drinking light ABV lager. But both were great. And beyond Bet Bash, I'm just curious to hear about what you guys have been enjoying lately, whether it's beer or on the spirit side of things. Yeah, for me, it's it's usually beer. That's not I'll drink anything. That's um, like, who am I kidding? But um, I was at a cottage last weekend with friends, which is like an annual trip that we do. So it's mostly lagers and stuff like that. Easy drinking in the sun, sun type of thing. Uh, but someone had brought up Lagunitas IPA, which I haven't had in a long time and kind of used to be my go to. And uh, I guess over the last year and a half since COVID started, I've really tried to um, to drink a lot of different beers and try some ciders and and uh, all, all sorts of stuff. And and Matt, we follow each other on Untapped, so we see what mm -hmm. each other is drinking. You can you can t uh, you're a testament to like how many different things I've tried over the last year. But Lagunitas to me is honestly the best beer. Like it's just so good. And I'm I'm back on the bandwagon now. So since I've been home, that's basically all I've been drinking. Um, I think it's a Chicago-based brewery in the in the U.S., if I'm correct. I'm not 100% sure. I'm pretty sure they're Bay Area um, okay. up in Northern California, but I know that they have also expanded significantly lately. But if you're still enjoying it, a lot of times when breweries expand, it's like, oh, it was better when it was harder to get or when they didn't make as much. If you're still enjoying it now, like there's so much to be said for accessibility without a huge drop-off in quality. So when you can enjoy something like that, um, then, then that's just huge. And I know in your neck of the woods, Lagunita still isn't widely available. But yeah, um, next time I'll try to make a note. And next time I see you, uh, we should be able to have, especially at Bet Bash 2 in Vegas, that should yep. be uh, readily accessible. I, listen, at the end of the day, I, I'm an IPA drinker. I know that there's very polarizing views on IPAs just in general. So if you don't like IPAs, don't drink Lagunitas. But if, if that's something you're into and you like the hoppy side of things, then uh, I mean... I think it's just so consistent. It's nice and crisp. Like it's just a fantastic beer in general. So that's been what I've been enjoying for the last week and a half now. Awesome. Julian, how about you? Yeah. I mean, I'll drink anything. I don't have any beer recommendations, but I do have a good recommendation. If you're interested in trying a bunch of local, you know, craft beer type things, um, there's this, this site called smallbatchdispatch.com. 
And what they do is aggregate a bunch of Ontario and kind of around the Ontario area beers. And then they'll send you kind of like a monthly package of different ones to try. So if you're interested in just trying local beers, this seems like a fairly easy way to do it. These are a bunch of ones that aren't available at your like your corner store or like in Canada LCBO. So I think they operate everywhere in Canada. I'm not sure what they do in the U.S. or not, but um, that I would recommend if you're looking to try out some different ones. Love it. All right. Smallbatchdispatch.com. Yep. Yep. Okay. I can send cool. you the link after. Yeah. Duly noted. Thank you. That sounds great. Uh, well, guys, I know uh, I, I said we try to keep this to 20 minutes and we're already approaching 30. So I, I want to make sure we sign off here and respect your time. But I want to also, before we do that, plug your work so people know where they can find you. Rob is on Twitter at Rob Pizzola. Julian at Julian Packer. You guys have some nice street cred getting just your names with none of the other characters or numbers. <laughs> so uh, well played there. Yeah, at Rob Pizzola, at Julian Packer on Twitter. Also, check out the BetStamp app and the ubiquitous podcast. Again, it's praised effusively and rightfully so. Circles off. Make sure you're listening to that. Guys, is there anything I'm missing or anything else you'd like to add? I, I just want to say I'm doing a ton of content for NFL this year, and I know a lot of people ask just in general, but Wednesdays I'll be doing the Matchbook podcast with Drew Dinsink and yes. uh, Fabian Somer. Thursdays I'll be on You Better, You Bet every single week. Fridays, I'll be doing a show with Pat Mayo and my former co-host in Canada, Cam Stewart, previewing the weekend in NFL. And then Sunday mornings will be the Periscope as well. So uh, four different shows that I'll be doing this week, every week this year for NFL season, if people want to tune in. And obviously, please download BetStamp. Use BetStamp during the NFL season. I, I, I sincerely mean this. And like this is me, not me trying to sell anyone on anything. But if you are not line shopping in the NFL you're doing yourself a huge disservice. If you can take a minus 110 and turn that into a minus 102 or minus 103 by just finding the best available price at any single book, you are doing yourself a huge favor in the long run. And if you're a losing better, you're going to save more money. If you're a break even better, you probably win doing something like that. Um, there's just advantages across the board. So download BetStamp or visit the website betstamp.app, A-P-P, and Sign up and use the product. I mean, it's. <laughs> I'm a pro better. I use it. I know all sorts of recreational betters that use it. It's really just a, a great utility for uh, someone who's trying to win at sports betting. Yeah, awesome. Well, well said. I think we'll go out on that note. Once again, Rob and Julian, I'd like to thank you for your time. It was so awesome to meet you at Bet Bash, and I'm already looking forward to doing it again at Bet Bash too. Again, that'll be in Vegas in early April, and I'll look forward to being in touch in the meantime. Thanks again, guys. Thanks, Matt. Yep, thanks a lot. Bringing a gun to a knife out to get you killed Walking out the back door Malls and rules only exist in the streets And the bits by them are going fast and large Bible jacks is a full-time job